welcome to On Wednesdays We Wear Black with me, Sophie Kay, Yasmin Suman, and we have a very special guest. A very, very special guest. Jenna in the house. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the introduction. I'm kind of wearing black. You are. I'm not. Mm. So we won't. So we Boo, won't. I'm kidding. I know. I'm a traitor. Um, do you know what? We had to reach out to you because we did an episode on some of our favourite bands oh. and we spoke about Tonight Alive and the response oh from my our... God. It was big, right, Yasmin? It was insane. Our inbox was flooded, man. Like, people love Tonight Alive, as they should. As they as should. They should. <laughs> um, yeah, and we were talking about you, so we were like, why don't we just get you on the podcast to come and join us for an episode? So thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. When I heard that episode, I thought, I want to get on the podcast and talk to them. <laughs> so it's mutual. Thank you. So first of all, let's recap us. What's been going mm-hmm. on? Mm. Yeah, a bit of a ride, hey? The last shows that Tonight Alive played were in the UK and we weren't, we didn't plan to go on hiatus. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. It was our 10-year anniversary and we were doing a really special tour of like two nights per city one night was sort of like a full band performance, full production. The second night was um, a fan voted set list in a reimagined mm. acoustic mm-hmm. format. So that was amazing. And we were supposed to take that tour to the US um, only like a month or so later, but we were just kind of broken people and really like suffering mentally and physically with our health. And yeah, I just, at the end, and you didn't specifically ask about this, but that's kind of where this whole journey begins three years ago when we decided to take that break and we sort of said, let's give it six months and talk about if we're ready to play shows again in six months. And that conversation just didn't happen. Like we kind of instigated it a few times, but everyone was starting to get grounded, established, going to therapy, enjoying mm-hmm. life and like getting stable. And it wasn't appealing to get back into the vortex of touring and recording and things like that. So then the pandemic happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to yeah. laugh, obviously, no, no, about yeah. that. But it's kind of hilarious that this like six month thing turned into a three year break. And, and now I'm coming back and releasing solo music. And obviously, people are confused about where that leaves Tonight Alive, but it doesn't necessarily leave Tonight Alive anywhere. Like, it doesn't, you know, the beginning of this isn't the end of, of that. So. No, it's been really, really healthy. It's been a really healthy few years, actually, probably the most in our adult lives. That's amazing. So, Do you know yeah. what? Therapy. Yasmin. Therapy. Therapy. <laughs> Therapy. This is a conversation we have on the podcast all the time. <laughs> Therapy does wonders. <laughs> it does mm-hmm. wonders. Um, yeah. So that's really good that, that there is that question. I think everyone was worried when you announced oh, that you're yeah. doing solo work. Um mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Did you just have this urge to start creating music again? Oh, always. Um, but what I really wanted was to figure out how to do it alone and um, and to develop the confidence and skill to be able to do that. Like a really big part of when Wack left the band was me thinking, how am I going to do it without him? And if I was to ever make music outside of Tonight Alive, like would I even be good enough? All of that, all of the sort of self doubt was really really strong and like intoxicating at the time I kind of was like I'm I'm gonna be like a burnout washed up has been never was like I had all these really like weird concepts around my ability and my future Mm. and everything like that so I think that that was a pretty clear indicator that I had to that I had to do it 
because it's like I can't live with that fear Mm. forever that's a huge burden I have to figure out how to overcome that and write write a real story for myself not like a projected story that's really unhealthy and untrue Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that answered your question because I didn't that's the therapy (laughs) speak not the unhealthy because Yasmin, we've both done it. Like, so we call each other sometimes and we're just like, oh my God, I don't think I could do this thing. Am I going to know what's going to happen? And I think so many of us go through it and it's, I'm sorry that you go through it because it's awful for anybody, but it's also really nice for people to hear that people Mm. at your level go through it as well. For sure. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like, I just want to acknowledge your beautiful dog that's just come up on oh, the screen, oh, by well the way, because I, <laughs> what a sweetheart. Is that a long-haired chihuahua? He's a long-haired chihuahua who likes to steal my thunder. And oh. um, whenever I'm on a Zoom, he has to stick his face in just so he's like, um, excuse me, let's remember who the beautiful person in the room is. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I derailed that, what we were talking about. No, that's the great thing about podcasts. We can, we mm. can just go on tangents. Nice. Um, nice. So... We've got some questions for you. We're going to be um, talking about confidence within oneself a lot on this podcast. It's something you've been very open about. Um, but one question we did want to ask you, and Yasmin's particularly interested in this one, aren't you, Yasmin? Oh, God, I say so much shit. What are you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> because we did an episode once about who, like, nice encounters with rock stars. Yes. And you also came up in that episode quite a bit as well um do you have anybody that you're like I really love those guys and when I say Mm. guys I mean of any Uh, gender yeah well um well the first person that comes to mind when you think of like nice rock star is Corey Taylor 100% yeah such a sweetie have you ever talked to him before yes look at the Yasmin sipping tea like ready ready tea let's let's drop tea he mm. is a sweetheart, isn't he? Mm. What was yeah. your encounter like? Um, we met once uh, at a Stone Sour show and we actually met after we'd done the collaboration. But the coolest thing oh, wow. was like it was 2015 and I saw the notification that he started following me and I was like, nah, no way. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I messaged him and he was so kind. He's like, you know, hope you're looking after yourself out there type oh. of thing, extending oh. like a love and a well-wishing and I was like Why, where is this coming from so nice and we just got talking and then a few years later when we were making Underworld I I asked him if he'd like to be on the song and he was like absolutely I wish I could remember the words but there was a lot of capital letters and like enthusiasm and then <laughs> it's really unexpected and so sweet and I think later later on he went to say like this is the favorite my favorite collaboration I've ever done this just very like generous and, and kind Mm. see that is the good way to deal with it when Corey taylor follows you he followed me and i'm not even kidding i opened my twitter saw him closed my twitter threw my phone across the room and didn't look at it for 24 hours i couldn't handle it i had a complete meltdown i was like i now cannot tweet anything because everything i tweet which is normally like oh i just had a really nice burrito Corey taylor's now gonna see that yeah yeah the stress i wish i had that brain process but i still tweet absolute shit even though like many (laughs) famous people follow me i will just tweet like oh my god i just saw a dog whoa it's so crazy and it's like i think that's cool though to not be like super super overly self-aware like i think that's a big problem with now like social media and and artists i can see how people any in general like we 
overly self-aware to the point where we're controlling everything we do before we do it because we're thinking about how people are going to respond. So I really appreciate when people are like really relaxed about how they post and how they express themselves. Honestly, I just have no thoughts in my tiny little brain. It's just static noise. I mean, it's the opposite, Yasmin. You've got all the thoughts and so you treat all of the things. So nicest rockstar. Who else would you put in that like really nice encounters with people category? Because they're... Australia has so many, like we always mm. bring up the Parkway Drive guys because they're just. Mm. Oh, yeah, no doubt. They're just they're wholesome. Definitely, they're definitely in this category. Simple Plan are beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Oh, Simple Plan, I'll yeah. talk to them. They're so down they're to really earth. Gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, a lot of people that we've toured with and worked with are just good, good souls, yeah. That's nice. You see, that's mm-hmm. because you attract them into your life. One of the things that we also talk about here on the podcast quite a bit is we always get messages from people who are struggling with their confidence. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we chatted, um, we had such a good chat about body confidence because I just assumed... And this is is on me. This is... um, And it shows why they say, don't assume because it will make an ass at you and me. Mm-hmm. I just assumed you would be the most confident person in the world because you are probably one of the most beautiful people in the world of music, like outside and inside. And hearing you talk about insecurities, about how you felt, I was like, it was like a slap around the face. And I was like, wow, this is something that so many people go through and we make assumptions about how everyone else is okay. And it's just us. Mm. So how did you, firstly, I want to say thank you for being so open because it's not easy to do. Hmm. And especially because I I think we chatted in maybe 2014, 2015 and there weren't the conversations. It's amazing how that conversation has progressed in like seven Mm, years. And so you talking about it was, um, it was quite new and vulnerable. And interestingly, like not exploitable yet. Like it wasn't the type of thing, not, yeah. It wasn't the type of thing that it was like, oh, I should tell a story of my struggles because then people will connect with my music more and you kind of like yeah. exploit your story. Like I, I wasn't aware that that was a thing. And I'm kind of coming into contact with that now because it's like the more you tell people, the more they can connect with you. It's like I wasn't thinking like that then. No. And I'm not thinking like that mm. now, but I'm just aware that that's a little bit more part of the culture of, entertainment industry but sorry I will let you go on (laughs) no no it's interesting what you're saying because you're right I think a lot of the times now and I see it happening like people come Mm. into an interview wanting to talk about this thing that's the big juicy story and sometimes it doesn't the the difference is was when we spoke is for you I get the sense it's it's about connecting with people who are part of your music family Mm, and just talking yeah. about your experience to find that connection. Yeah, well, I've really noticed that the Tonight Alive fan base, I, all the people I feel safe around. Like, I'm like, oh, Aww. if I think about who's my community, it's it's the supporters of the music that I've put out so far. People that when I think about, like, oh, who's shown up for me? It's like these yeah. people that mm. continually, like, listen to the album, even if it was a bit different to the last one, or they come to the show even though they've seen 50 already, like, um, yeah, so I, I 
I've actually, yeah, I've been so lucky that I feel connected and like safe in my community that's built around the band. And like, we've been able to attract um, supporters that are really just genuinely um, resonating with what we're doing. And I don't think we were ever the type of band that people got attached to because it was the cool thing to do. Mm, I feel fortunate in that way. Like we kind of didn't catch any particular wave that made up that like boosted the career and like, do you know what I'm getting at? Like it's something I haven't really put in words before. It is from what I'm interpreting from what you've just said is that there sometimes there's like fads that go through and, and come through. And so you get these people who are riding the wave of the fad, but actually you just built a genuine Tonight Alive fan base and it mm-hmm. wasn't about people coming in or out. They are there for life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time, you know. And like now, yeah. again, like in the modern conversation around music industry, people are like fans are the most valuable thing that an artist can have. And like when you're starting out from scratch, like building building a fan base is like, Oh, without that, you're not, you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of lost without your fans. And mm. we didn't, yeah, we just didn't, re- you just didn't realize that because we weren't trying to exploit people, exploit a story, exploit a message. Like it was all very authentic and, yeah, instinct, instinctual. So again, I don't know if you actually asked the question or if we're just kind of discussing stuff. So <laughs> I want to make sure I'm answering your question. No, it's okay because to be honest, my memory's so short that I probably even forget the questions I've even asked. It's <laughs> yeah. wherever it goes. Yeah, um, perfect. The flow's good. The flow's good. With, mm. with talking about body confidence, mm. if you're someone who has insecurities in that way, and Yasmin, you must be able to talk on this as well quite a bit. Mm. Like, because Yasmin is... A famous TikToker. I've oh my that God. Move Don't from, embarrass I've from, me. No, I've learned that move from you, Yasmin. I am <laughs> famous online. Yes. Yasmin's me. famous on, on TikTok and in that world. And um, both of you, because like I get to points where I'm like, fuck this. I hate the internet. I hate the world. And I can just be a voice behind a microphone and just not post on social media. It's not good for my, my mm-hmm. look or whatever. But I just decide, right, I don't care. I can't. My mental health can't handle it. Both of you have this pressure to be Mm. in the public eye, good days, bad days, no matter what. How does that feel? You know, it was Mike Shinoda who posted recently about how, um, like, artists are expected to be celebrity influencers now. And I really feel for, like, musicians who have to do music and make their art but then also be their own social media managers and be online personalities and make tiktoks because you know what i like making tiktoks because i have a brain full of thoughts and it needs to go somewhere not everybody is 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 off the off the wall as me um and i genuinely i don't know how artists do it this these days because you can't just like your music doesn't finish when it's actually made it's about like how you post about it on social media how you promote it the videos that you make i can't even imagine like what it is like to be a musician for you, Jenna, in this day and age and have to do two jobs at once, essentially. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it's funny. My grandma will sort of say to me, so have you been making music lately? And I'm like, <laughs> and I just oh. say yes. I say yes, but really what I haven't um, made music, you know, like for a few months, like I haven't been in the studio, I haven't written a song since last year type of thing. Um but, but I'm so busy with, like, the business of being an artist um, that I just say, yeah, I'm making music. But you're right. So. It's like having multiple jobs at the same time. And at the moment I'm um, feeling really optimistic about that, um, probably because it's the beginning of this 
chapter for me and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get around it. It's all good. Like I'll create extra con- content and I'll find ways to connect with people that are interesting and creative. Like I'm not disillusioned with it yet. I think mm. got, like a couple of years ago, there's no way I'll, I didn't want a TikTok account, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm just like embracing it at this point. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let anything get in my way and I want to connect with people. And I actually, I actually really like the video format of creating. Like um, mm. I've edited a lot. I've edited a lot of the Tonight Alive music videos. I've been a part of the editing Shit. process for the first Heaven She video that's coming out next week. Mm. Yeah, I make a lot of um, video content, but no one would know. Like yeah. I enjoy it. Always used to video video stuff as a kid. And mm. so anyway, another tangent. That but, could be um, the future. You if in mm. the future, like direct music videos for bands with Mm. what I don't understand though is like when you're feeling those days and you're like oh I just I'm not feeling like I don't know if anyone else gets this but sometimes I can get so insecure Mm. it's like I feel like I'm in I just want to hide and sometimes like getting out into the public can be so hard how do you manage that when you go out on stage Mm. Um, it's been a while I haven't had that experience, but what I, how I can relate that to an, a recent experience was getting on a stage for the performance that I did in my music video that will be coming out. Um, I was like standing, it is set on a stage and um, I was standing there and there's like a crew of 20 people in front of me and I'm just the only person on this stage and I was like, this is my path. Like I'm, I've been given ability. I've been given direction, you know, from the higher power. Um, and like, I'm here because I'm supposed to be. And like, whether or not I feel equipped isn't the question right now. It's like, I've been um, introduced to Krishna consciousness in the last couple of years. Actually, I've been attracted to Krishna consciousness for about um, nine years, but I've taken up the path and the study of it. And um, there's a saying that everything is moving by the will of Krishna. So you could say everything's moving by the will of the higher or the divine or by God or whatever sort of resonates. But that's something that I take on now that like, okay, this is maybe this is an ideal or maybe this doesn't feel comfortable, but it's like everything is moving by the will of the divine or Krishna or source or the universe Mm. or something that resonates. And I'm like, yeah, you know how we say um, everything happens for a reason? Mm. Mm. I sort of started to look into like, well, whose reason is it? <laughs> and like, you're where you're meant to be. And it's like, well, like go unpacking that further. It's like where you're meant to be, like who, who has that intention? Whose will is that? Like mm. whose reason? So anyway, I've kind of been accepting God more mm. into my life. And I think, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about insecurity and, and being introverted and things like that. But yeah, in that moment on the stage, I was like, no, I'm, this is my path. I'm meant to be here it's by the will of the higher like just kind of accept that I have a I have a duty I have a role I have been given a skill and yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna carry out that will yeah I don't know if that speaks to everybody but that's kind of been yeah and I imagine Yasmin that probably speaks to you a lot as well because you grew you grew up Hindu I did. I did. Everything oh, you were saying, cool. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot familiar. of what my dad says. So, um, yeah, but I don't I'm, I'm lazy. I don't practice it anymore. But I, everything you were saying, I was like, oh, I remember that gave me like a nostalgic feeling. But I get that sense of, um, you know, following that kind of what will be what be. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I think. It's kind of a whatever happens, it happens for a reason. And that mm-hmm. reason is something greater than we are. 
um it's it's a powerful thing because then you stop thinking about how you mm. feel about yourself and things you can't control because it's like mm. well it's, it's just not in my control like the way I feel about myself in terms of the flaws and insecurities I have don't really matter because it's not it's not something I can control I can control how I feel about it though that's what I always think like I can't control how my body is but I can control how I feel about my body if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. and also like unpacking a little bit about like okay how we see our bodies and how we feel about our bodies like as a result of the conditioning that we've seen through advertising, through mm. media, whatever. Like, I mean, we're we're super duper, um, like brainwashed, essentially. Yeah, hundred percent. So. One of my favorite moments, not just mm. in your history, but in music history, was when you shaved your head. Yeah, because I remember yeah. thinking that is the bravest. Because now everyone like buzz cuts are a thing and they're they're popular. Yeah. But again, <laughs> so you didn't realize that you were changing all. The- I know <laughs> to shave your head as mm. a woman who is in an industry which is predominantly male, and you are often like hypersexualized to be able to to make it in the industry. To come along and just shave your head and wear baggy cargo pants, which is what you were wearing. I remember a photo shoot for, I think it was for Rock Sound. And I, mm-hmm. they weren't back in fashion yet because you're just trailblazing all over here. Now they're back in fashion. And you're just like, you. fuck it. This is who I am. And this is what I'm doing. And I was just like... It was so iconic. Ow. It was such a fuck you moment to like the... Like Sophie mentioned, hypersexuality and hyperfemininity in the industry. Like it was just... Again, another moment where you were just ahead of everything, trailblazing as usual. Thank you so much. No one's ever called me that. That's really <laughs> nice. Um, uh, when I shaved my head, I only kept it shaved for like four months mm. and then started growing it back for whatever reason. I can't remember. I think I just was like, okay, it served its purpose. And then I realised after the fact, I'm like, oh, I could have done all these cool stylistic things having had it shaved. And mm. then, you know, like... I guess artists like Halsey and Bishop Briggs and stuff were doing it in the years following. And I was like, damn, that's really, really cool. But I didn't do it to be cool. Like it was like a really symbolic moment for me. I'm just like, I'm sick. I'm yeah. I was just really sick and tired at the time. Gone through like an album cycle where my um, image was very, uh, there was just hyper focus on my image with the label and kind of had to do these trade-offs of like okay if you do your hair like that in this music video you have to do it like this in the next one because it's a trade-off of yeah of beauty standards and stuff like that so I was I was always trying to rebel against that but not successfully and I think at that point um the label had essentially shelved our album Limitless and our manager said to us you need to write another album immediately to recover and Mm. uh it was just like a real intense time and it was really awesome to shave the head (laughs) did you you feel insecure with that at all because there must I've been wanting to shave my head for a long time but I don't I think I would be like do I like it I panic and I I think I'd it would take me ages to get used to Uh, I actually noticed I felt the most secure in myself I ever had at that time it was kind of like a you get forced into into self-acceptance you're like this is it this is who I am I can't manipulate this I can't like do my hair in a special way or whatever It was really cool. But I I also look back and I'm like, I was still wearing pretty heavy makeup at the time. So I was like, interesting juxtaposition of like not fully letting go. But um, then, yeah, was in a good place with the self-image at that time. Are you, so that was, yeah, that's, and it, it, it came across, you came across as like so confident. And I remember that was also the time that you were talking a lot about struggling with eczema, which again, 
Mm. I think it's Cara Delevingne who's talking about it now. It's like, again, trailblazer. <laughs> you were talking about struggling with eczema. Is that still a thing that, that affects you quite a lot? Yeah, and I wish that I had that like full on success story of like, oh, that's that's something that was really intense that I've overcome and I found the solutions and blah, blah, blah. But no, like even up to recently, I've been having a pretty rough go with the skin mm. um, and uh, yeah, experimenting different diets and yeah, just recently getting to such a desperate point of having to go on medication. And that's really not usually my style, um, mm. just really trying to go for the holistic internal root cause type of yeah approach but mm. at the moment I'm just like I just need relief and um mm. yeah in a real journey but I think <laughs> an ongoing that's, lifelong journey yeah I think that's more of a realistic like look at things totally. because you know in the media it's easy to say I, I got over this thing or when you look on social media especially you always see these success stories of people who mm. made it when they were really young or got over this horrific thing and then I almost feel bad about myself because I'm like, well, I haven't done that at this age. I haven't gotten over the struggle that I've been through. And realistically, like, you don't just, it's not always the case that you just get better from something. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. something you manage. There's bad days, there's good days. That's that's yeah. life. Totally. That's been a blessing out of the whole, yeah, I don't want to call it a curse, but yeah. That's been mm. the silver lining is like, okay, I've recently got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to really appreciate every good day. Mm. Um, yeah. How is all this like, because you seem in a, a an elevated place of um, understanding of yourself and and what where your place is and, and what your direction is. How is that reflected in your solo music? Because I imagine it's influenced it a lot where I'm at personally. Yeah, and how and how you're you seem at a sense of of peace of growing peace with yourself. Mm. And that yeah. must impact your music. I think so. Um yeah, I have to agree. I do feel peace in myself. I don't feel like unrest at the moment or fear or anything like that. Um and yeah, the music probably reflects that in that um I don't know, have you heard the song? yes yeah yeah it was Mm. sent through from the pr so i just thought i yeah it's just so i'm not talking completely about something you haven't have any context from but like yeah the the way i'm using my voice is more relaxed so i'm like i feel relaxed my voice i'm not kind of i'm not in like that pushing reaching striving like yeah i'm not in that kind of intense friction type energy at the moment in my life so yeah the songs kind of have a more relaxed tone um and yeah definitely influencing the lyrics um yeah I'd say like probably yeah the the periods of life that Tonight Alive albums and and Heaven She Music is written in is completely different completely different Mm -hmm. ages and contexts and relationships in my life and living situations and all that kind of stuff so um the lyrics are I I might leave that actually for the fans to kind of like experience themselves yeah 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 well, we've had um, a lot of emails sent through from our listeners who just want to chat about stuff. And we thought it'd be great to have you here because people are often so open yeah. with us. Um, yeah. So we've got one here, which is from Ed. And he said he wanted to say thank you for making the podcast. He said he's um, it's a moment of calm in his hectic life because he's studying for a PhD, traveling, attempting Ooh. work-life balance. And he said he was gutted for Yasmin when they shared that that you'd been through a breakup, Yasmin. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> and then get that I share things online. I'm way too personal with my online life. Yes, that happened. And then Ed said, his partner of almost thirteen years told him a few weeks ago that he doesn't want a relationship anymore, and he said feelings change, people change. It really, really fucking sucks though. Sometimes, um, about to stick my lab coat on, and he said basically, the podcast cheered him up. And he pointed out that he's a 30-something cisgendered white heterosexual man, which is always nice to hear because people always go, oh, that podcast isn't for you. It's just for these people, mm. those people, but everyone can listen. Um, going through a breakup sucks. It sucks so bad. It it's the worst. <laughs> to the point that sometimes you don't want to get into a relationship because you're like, I don't want the breakup to ever happen. Yeah, yeah. Do can you know we just people don't? tell you about breakups though they don't tell you that sometimes you have to feel the emotions like yeah. really tired of people being like just get over it no sometimes you've got to sit there and ugly cry and eat ice cream and rip up photos of them and just go through those motions almost like a wave because then once it crashes down you've got it out your system you're not holding anything back you're not holding yourself back I think it's it's unfair to limit your emotions and you know limit yourself in how you feel like you just gotta you, you gotta feel it fully you gotta really go through it I've been there I've been there. <laughs> You're coming out of it the other side. Jenna, what do. are you like, kind of? Jenna, what are you like with the breakups? How do you handle them? Um, well, I yeah, <laughs> a lot of Heaven Cheese music at this stage is a lot of breakup music. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, my last breakup was five years ago, um, but it kind of took years to recover from, actually, even though That's I entered. That's how I am. Yes. Yeah. I entered a really beautiful, stable, healthy relationship soon after, but I had to do a lot of healing in that space where I was being held and like seeing that, okay, there are healthier ways to relate and um, that I can actually have really positive dynamics with another human being whilst carrying a lot of pain and trauma uh, mm-hmm. from some from someone else and from the experience that I had with that person. So like, yeah. My last breakup took years to recover from. And um, yeah, a lot of Heaven She's Music is about all the different shades of that. Like, you know, no one will ever love you, even though it's a misleading um, song title. It, it's really like a, a wishing well, um, wishing someone well, like when you're, when you're sort of at that stage of acceptance and you're ready to sort of set them free. But mm. that's, that's one of many different, yeah, experiences of having to let somebody go. Mm painful as someone with hi i will hold up my hand terrible abandonment issues hence why i've got the most needy dog in the world um (laughs) i can tell you i feel breakups but you will get through it even if you don't believe it everyone tells me it's fine let them go you know you'll find somebody else and i'm always like you don't understand we had this special connection we had these jokes that just disappear and no you don't understand me is that what you do yasmin Yes, I, I've been there. But I think, um, like you were saying, Jenna, what's really beautiful is kind of like that acceptance phase of just kind mm. of letting them go. It's it's almost a powerful thing, but it doesn't happen overnight. I, no. I have to understand that myself. It doesn't happen overnight. It might take years. It might take a month. Who knows? But I think being able to recognise that and not beat yourself up over it is is kind of freeing in its own way because you're not then being like, why am I not over this yet? It's like, it could take years to get over it. Who knows? Mm. Just heal day by day i was just gonna say we don't know what we've been through if you believe in reincarnation we don't know what we've been through with souls in in previous lives as well like some of the um therapy that i did was with a psychic medium and she would kind of share details about the the past 
connection that I'd had with this person and why we had particular dynamics and why this 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 breakup was so painful and things like that. Like we don't know. Sometimes we don't always know like how deep the connection really went and what it symbolizes and if it kind of um, has ripple effects from our parenting and like mm. all kinds of stuff. So mm. yeah, like you're saying, the patience is everything and and being having grace with yourself through it and. Yeah. If if reincarnation is a thing, I don't know what the hell I did in a past <laughs> life, but I must have been such an arsehole. <laughs> because there are times that the universe comes to me and I'm like, come on, man, what did I do to you? There are two things I know about you. You're a music fan and therefore you probably hate missing out on gigs. Well, One of the biggest festivals in the UK that we were talking about was 2000 Trees. This year they had Idols, Thrice and Jimmy Eat World headlining. It's one of the biggest festivals that they've done so far and that festival's the best. It's like the happy place that you go to just to feel free. They're one of my favourite festivals for championing up and coming talent. I mean, they do it like nobody else. And this year it completely sold out. We kept getting messages from people gutted that they couldn't go so here let me help you out for 2023 tickets are on sale now it's going to be the 6th to the 9th again of july in cheltenham which is in the uk and the tickets for 2023 are going to be in a special drop right now they've got 20 percent off and you can only get that until the 17th of july they've said that this is going to be the highest amount of discount that there will be on tickets for 2000 trees up until the date you go so if you want to go to 2000 trees 2023 get involved now i mean it doesn't matter who's headlining because you know guaranteed they're going to have the best and most exciting bands now as i say 20 percent off online right now as long as you get over onto their website by the 17th of july now you can buy tickets on dice or via the 2000 trees festival which is 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets don't forget that website 2000treesfestival forward slash tickets we'll see you there Right, okay, so moving through, another one here from uh, Nicholas, who sent a really interesting one. So Nicholas says he doesn't want to generalise, but a lot of the alternative community um, tend to go through mental health struggles of various kinds. He said he'd love us to do future episodes on mental health disorders because... Nicholas particularly suffers um, because he says he'd offer his own insight into antisocial personality disorder because he's got sociopathy. Um, And he said, since I know it's very uncommon and considered taboo within circles of uninformed. Interesting. So um, thank you for sending that through. Talking about mental health is always an important one. Jenny, you've always spoken openly about your mental health as well, which, and isn't, isn't it nice to see that people do it more now? yeah no it, it is amazing um i thought it was an interesting pickup that um ed was it said um it, that one the, was nicholas nicholas sorry in the in the alternative community that like people are quite open with their struggles yeah um i think that's pretty epic because like i've been reflecting on what this scene and community that was sort of built around the emo and punk um culture like what brought us all together and like what what why has this been so significant for us? Because I think it's that everybody craves that 
self-expression and like generally the modern society is, is suppressing that. Mm. So like it's not just that people in this culture are experiencing it more, there's more open with it because I guess there's that we can really feel a need for um for healing and and for like being more in touch with human the human experience and more expressive about it that's all I just wanted to touch on about no definitely Uh, there's been a few times in my history of going to gigs where you do feel like oh my god finally I'm being heard and there's certain songs um Mm. um the one the the band I always think of is when Amity is singing about being fucked up and saying and we're all fucked up too and seeing a room full of people singing that. My Chemical Romance did it well, very well, very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, oh, I even felt it the other week at Milton Keynes. It was emotional. But also mm. Tonight Live, you did that as well. With the ocean particularly stands out to me because... <sighs> Such a banger. So, it, the first time I heard that track, I was just like... Oh, people! People get—it's not just me. People get mm, okay. me. Yeah, and that's the power of music, isn't it? Absolutely. That's what I love about all the bands that I grew up listening to and that inspired me to write the songs I did. But yeah, no, it's—it's it's a pretty epic place. Like I was saying before, with writing music, it's you're more honest in that, um, yeah, in that creative space, and also where it's where we feel most safe. Like I guess we we are connected through music like we wouldn't be connected probably if it, yeah we wouldn't be if it weren't for music but it's really like our human need for like connection and expression and like and safety and mm. feeling loved and feeling like we're part of mm, a community which like in a lot of ways we haven't been because our society is kind of stomping out yeah our yeah stomping out our voice there is mm. a um amazing man i recommend everybody everybody look into him especially if you struggle with um childhood trauma or addiction he's called gabor mate and i was watching one of his talks and he said um if you are feeling certain feelings and you just push them down and carry on push them down and carry on he was like the word for pushing things down is depression so of course it's coming out of you in every pore if you're pushing if you're depressing your feelings it comes out as depression and i was like wow okay of course that makes Mm. sense and he Mm -hmm. was talking about how you have to let things out and let them go um to feel your feelings i remember that jim carrey also in one of his speeches or interviews he he said depression is to be depressed is to need deep rest Oh, yes. That was one that kind of, mm. yeah, stuck with me as well. Yeah. There's no, there's another word, a term that always sticks with me, and it's the term soul wound mm, and healing yeah. a soul wound. You know, because sometimes you're going through something and you're going through depression and it it's from your soul and there's nothing that can fill it. Drink, mm. relationships, whatever it might be. Mm. And it's just there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, right. Okay. So we've had more through here. Um this one came through from Siobhan, who says, hello from Sydney, Australia. Hello, Just hey. Want- hey. Just wondering your thoughts on the lack of festivals and overall rock and alternative gigs in Australia and other countries out of the US and UK. There are occasional events, in my experience, that the lineup tends to be quite random and only ever in the main three or five cities making travel an issue. Um, so, yes, interesting. So... 
Siobhan wants to know about that. And I feel like, Jenny, you're the per- perfect person to talk about that. Yeah, I should be. <laughs> From Sydney, Australia as well. Yeah, because do you, what's it like in, mm. in Australia? It must be, I'd never really, I always forget. And this is because. Are you going to say, I always forget Australia? Sophie. No, I always, no, no, Yasmin. I was about to say, I forget how big Australia is. Because oh, yeah. like, I was in Australia I've... and I was like, oh, I can just go from, I can just go from Melbourne and then just go to the Gold Coast. Yeah, I'll just be able to do that easy. Thinking it'd be like a two hour train ride or something. No. It is not. It is a it really far. Isn't. It's like traveling it's to the other same, side of Europe. It's the size of America. It's the same width. As, like, they've got 54 states. Like we're, yeah, I think we're six states wow. in the territory or two. But yeah, um, people forget that. Yeah, and it's also a young country. Yeah, it is. It's only a couple of hundred years old or something like that. (laughs) My facts are pretty loose, but um, (laughs) that's what we wear black do. We just make up facts. If you say it with enough (laughs) conviction, people will believe you and just repeat them. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Yeah, because what's it like? It must be hard for people that live in Middle Australia. Oh, no one really lives in the middle of Australia. Like people do. Yeah. But no, people live in the sort of major cities on the on the coast because it's the most sort of livable land, but the middle of, this, of Australia is a desert. Um, mm. But anyway, um, about the, the music industry here, I guess like people would describe it as behind and like underfunded and yeah, yeah just sort of the, the major radio stations here don't play Australian artists um, and... Yeah, we've kind of got one big independent radio station that does support Aussie acts. Is it um, Triple J? It's Triple J, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they get behind Aussie artists, but I don't really know what it, what it's due to. It's not something I'm really, I can really understand, but what I can say for sure is that Tonight Alive, um, we were, like, really eager to get to America because that was kind of felt like the pinnacle of what you could do as a pop punk band. Um and but we did. We had more success in America and the UK than we did in our own country, and we grew to yeah to become a bigger band in those territories. And there's obviously a lot of support, particularly in the UK, like for for rock music. This podcast, we've got the radio stations and all the festivals, like the magazines, the rock magazines. Like mm. that's that's unique to you guys. So we just don't have the support. Yeah, interesting because coming from the UK and looking in. Um, mm. Thank you for sending this email through, Siobhan. Looking in from the outside, we assume that there's something very special because you have so many great bands. But I guess right? when you think about Australia as the size of America, I don't know what the um, how many people live in Australia in comparison, but the amount of bands coming out of Australia with, are just an on That's point. So cool. That's so cool that you see it like that. Like who comes to mind when you say that? So yeah, I just like think of the whole... I think of, um, um, so for a start, I'd start with the Parkway Drive and the Amity Afflictions. And um, like, Sound I don't Atlantic. know if you remember, even bands like Buried in Verona, when they, I think sure, of North yeah. Lane, I think mm-hmm. of like bands who really changed, this, really had a massive impact and make them suffer from mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. Like there's uh, a lot of yeah. deathcore coming out of Australia as well. Yeah, there's a big scene for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thy Art is Murder. How can I not mention them? But you're real. You're a heavy. You're a heavy. I listen to everything. Fan. Yeah, cool. I listen to everything. I just like well-written music. Mm. 
but I did used to be, yeah, I did used to be, uh, I don't listen to that. I did used to be a snob. I was elitist metalhead. Sophie would have bullied yeah. me in high school because I was like one of the emo pop punk kids. He yeah. was like, ooh, ooh, I love Warped Tour. Oh my God, Rorik D. And Sophie was like, oh, that's not heavy. Oh, do you know what it is? I'd had to do a radio show and they were like, right, it has to be this genre. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this. So I ended up listening to it all, fell in love. Um, and I was like, this is because I'm a, I'm a pop head through and through. So what? What was your original um, stance on the emo pop punk world then? Like, what did, how did you used to view it? Like, from a very. Oh, I'm removed... so glad you asked. I've been but, waiting for somebody no, to ask. No, because I, I really enjoyed it. And that's, that was my route in to alternative music. But oh. I really struggled to make friends. So uh-huh. people didn't really accept me on MySpace because I didn't have the right haircut, I didn't have the right aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't be part of the gang. So the gang mm. I ended up joining was more the metal gang because there were some people who accepted me into their group and they taught me that I had to hate all of that music even though I was secretly listening to it and then so come the second era of Tumblr pop punk I was I didn't give a shit what anyone thought and I was like look I listen to the music I like and if you want to challenge me because you're a Slayer fan let's talk music and I'll out talk you any day um and so so don't challenge me that was kind of my journey that's really interesting. Do you think that emo used to be like exclusive or it is still or like because it, it requires a certain image or? Yes. Yes. Like that. Yeah, let's I talk about it. So Yasmin is the first yeah. person to show up. When you t- type emo in Google, Yasmin, for however many years since emo has been around, Yasmin's the first brown person to show up. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that really sad though at the same time? Why sad? Because, uh, not sad for Yasmin, I mean sad that there were no brown emos that really came up before. Right. And like, especially for people like, I've discovered GHD hair straighteners and stuff like that now, so I've got hair variety, but I did always have curly hair and you couldn't have curly hair as an emo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the reason I show up on Google um, is because I wrote an article for Refinery29 about being brown and emo and how a lot of alternative culture and the aesthetics are kind of restricting for people of colour. You don't really realise it. It's not on purpose. I think it's just representation. When there are more people like us in these spaces, it means Mm -hmm. that we can kind of influence the culture. But you look back at like 2000s MySpace and I was like one when 2000s MySpace was a thing. But looking back in in hindsight (laughs) um, and being like a 2010 emo kid, it was kind of like a, if you didn't have pin straight hair, if you didn't have like white pale skin, if you went skinny, if you went this, if you went that, if you didn't have all the all the features that when you really boil it down because of beauty standards in general that kind of overarch right. any aesthetics, if right. you weren't like Eurocentric, you weren't real emo. And like me and Sophie have both been bullied yeah. out of emo spaces <clears throat> for being sure. us. Um, and we both straighten our hair, even though I also have curly hair. I think it's just a, I don't even think about it anymore, but it is just kind of like a, I must prove to the emo kids. It's like on TikTok, the reason that I've grown so big is because I've made a point of being like, I look like this and I'm emo. And if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. But I think, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, so like in the, in the eighties and the nineties, it used to be about the music, right? Like it was very like, yeah, punk rock. Like it was just an offshoot of punk. Then it kind of went through an aesthetic change and it became uh-huh. a little bit more about the appearance and I think that uh-huh. intentionally or unintentionally. And the 80s was very, 90s was less so but the 80s was super like super misogynistic and oh yeah <clears throat> but the 90s yeah it was like go to the charity shop it wasn't like now where you wear vintage 
it yeah. was just you go to the charity shop and you just buy whatever and throw it together and if it's yeah, a tutu and an army store, shirt do you it. get some khaki pants you yeah. get some beat up vans you get flannel <laughs> you go with it buddy that's what we're doing you get a, a, a band shirt that you made yourself at home because you can't afford to buy merch that was the 90s for emo and punk and it, I loved imagine it. being a guy who's overweight yeah and trying to be an emo yeah wow. like, that, that must have been wouldn't... so hard because what can you do like they if you are a guy who is um, husky, shall we say? Mm, I don't know that. No, Alexa, not talking to you. Um, if you are a guy <laughs> who is husky, you can't wear... It must be hard to wear skinny jeans. Mm. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Shit. But then you, you don't get... And then you, you get excluded as well. Or if you're, if you're a, a, a young white girl, but your family is really strict and they won't let you have um, razor your hair. Yeah. It was a harsh... Anyway, off on one. What were your thoughts on it all, Jenna? Did you feel that way as well? That it was... Oh, this is like a new conversation um, for me, like talking about the exclusivity because, like, I feel like emo prided, it, prided itself on inclusivity. But, mm. no, I can actually see how that's not the case. I haven't really unpacked it before. Mm. Um, it's... Um something we rant about a lot on the podcast because like yes. that's <laughs> so cool. our whole yeah. ethos is that it doesn't matter what gender you are what skin color yeah. what sexuality this is a place for all the misfits and oddballs mm. to come together and feel like they belong mm. that's yes. the messaging of my partner's band actually have you guys heard of ocean grove yeah i love ocean grove <laughs> <laughs> They Amazing. were my single of the week on Kerrang Radio. They are oh. a band. Didn't did they come up in our chat, Yasmin, of the bands that need more recognition? Yes, yes. Because they are a band I- who. They are another Australian band. If you've not listened at home, by the way, they are absolutely genius in the way they put yeah. their videos together, the eclectic style in their music. Mm-hmm. Um, very very talented. And yeah, like what you're saying is really reminiscent of the speeches that you hear from Dale on stage. Um, they, you know, they kind of come from the odd world, which is like their, mm. their, I don't, I don't actually wouldn't know how to explain what the odd world is, but like, yeah, it was really just aligned with what you were saying, a place for, yeah, misfits to kind of come together and mm. belong to each other, even though they may identify completely differently, look completely different, Um I see tonight a live fan base like in that way very much. You, you know, the tonight live fan base is extremely varied, and there wasn't like some strict uniform or aesthetic or something that that meant. You know, I don't I don't think anybody would have felt that way coming to no. our shows that they should have had to turn up in a certain attire or anything like that. Um, Do you know what tonight life felt like to me? This is going to sound really weird. Might be a generalization about Aussies, but. It felt like going to the beach for the day. It felt somewhere happy and warm and welcoming. And it was just like this place where you can just go, wear what you want, do what you want and just be there. And you're, it's a happy day. That makes me really happy to hear that. I don't know if that's a weird analogy. Wow, no, it's great. That's the kind of show I'd want to go to as well. Yeah. It was Ooh. a breath of fresh air, especially Ooh. even in the climate of like the early 2010s, there was still like rife toxic masculinity in the scene Mm. so like having spaces like that I think empowered a lot of young women at a time where they felt like they couldn't be empowered by the music they were listening to it was Mm. it was therapeutic for me yeah because it was it was hard wasn't it it was a hard time um there was so much pressure on I felt that at that time 
from the 90s all the way probably up until now, there's been this pressure to be hyper-feminine. Because someone else who did it really well was is Lizzie Hale. I don't know yeah. if you're a fan of Lizzie Hale. Um, so I'm, she's the singer I'm, from Hailstorm. Sorry. No, no, no. I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just not listening to them, but yeah. She also cut all her hair short. She had this long hair and she cut it all off. And it was amazing because her fan base came for her. Came for her? Like they were constantly going... Um, so it was it was her male fans on her social. Obviously, she had a massive... The, the mm. root core fan base stuck up for her. But mm. the outer fan base would be like, oh, you looked so much better when you had long hair. Oh, I don't like women with short hair. All of this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. who asked you? Totally. Who, who asked you? <laughs> who asked? Like, similar story. <laughs> That's really sad that that happened for her. I, get, I don't want to say I'm not surprised. Yeah. But like in that kind of thing, like real, I don't know, sort of that masculine, um, like, oh gosh, how can I say it? Like PC. Yeah, just feel for the men who haven't had that opportunity to develop like a little bit, bit further, um, yeah, socially and yeah. like, yeah, relationally with women and not understanding how. Yeah, how kind of toxic a comment like that is. I kind of feel sorry for them. But anyways, when um when I was a lot younger and I dyed my hair green for the first time, the label came out to the show and um, this woman who was working at the label at the time, she didn't stay there for very long, but she did just go to me, why have you dyed your hair green? Uh, I was like 20 or 21 or something. I was like, because it's like sick. <laughs> and <laughs> she was like, she goes, men don't like green hair. Like that. Wow. She kind of had this pity in her face men don't like that and I said I don't care what men like and that was the end of that um wow what a crazy thing to say to like a 20 year old do you know what though I admire this gives me hope for the future because you know now I'm in my 30s I feel wowed when I hear Mm. people like you talking about your experience from when you were 20 when I listen to Yasmin ranting on as if they're about 40 and in actual fact, they're only 23. Um, 23. 23, wow. baby. Um, and it amazes me that you have that strength because when I was 20, I I didn't have it. I didn't, I wouldn't have mm. stood up for myself. Yeah. It was like, because there is so much pressure to be attractive and to be, and not about finding your own identity. So that's, times are a changing Mm, yeah 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 I think like that sometimes you'll have like an instinctual expression that you're like oh I'm surprised that I had the like guts to say that um a lot of the time I'm I've definitely been on the um yeah just been the more quiet don't stand up for myself type um but then like I surprise myself here and there have you seen the movie American Beauty he says like never underestimate the power to surprise yourself or something like that he has this cool moment and that's always stuck with me so yeah (laughs) Well, I think um, that leaves us on a nice note to say thank you for all of your emails that you sent through and thank you to Jenna for joining us. Um, We could chat to you all day, but we have to end the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we'll (laughs) definitely have to do it again. We'll have to end the podcast now with words of wisdom. Um, And it's just words of wisdom that we've taken from our chat today that we're going to walk away with. And it can be um, taking the mickey. Yasmin, do you have any? Oh, why did you ask me first? I don't use my brain cells that quickly, Sophie. Okay, I will go first. My words of wisdom 
are to believe in yourself because I saw, oh, I saw this great TikTok the other day and it said, think of the most embarrassing thing that somebody else has done. The likelihood is you can't think of anything because at the end of the day, the only person that you remember the embarrassing things for are yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that things that you think people are saying, they're probably not. Mm-hmm. For me, I'll say, um, I say this all the time, I'll just say it again though, you don't have to look a certain way to be alternative. You just got to have it in your heart. If you like the music, that's all that matters. It yeah, lives in your heart. In yes. your soul. In your soul. <laughs> yeah, 100% punk is an energy. I don't know if you resonate with what punk is or whatever, but like, yeah, it's an energy, it's an attitude, and it's it's not an aesthetic, actually. It's a, 100%. Mm, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> so like 100%. 100%. Yeah, so for me, um, yeah, things happen at the at the pace that they happen. So your healing, your personal development, your your you know development of your skills or whatever it is, healing from a relationship. Like sometimes it's actually written how long it's going to take for these things to happen, and rushing through life, waiting to get better or waiting to whatever it is. Like just be where you are and just know that it's part of the process and. Um, it's only up. We're only going up. Yes. Oof. Yes. So Yay. so true. Oh, oh, what a wholesome episode, which we expected because <laughs> you are such a, a, a wonderful, calm, wholesome energy. Mm. Unlike really the chaotic manic, our chaotic manic energy. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I love it. <laughs> you trust us. Enjoy. This is like the nicest and tamest we've ever been. Usually, me and Sophie have killed each other by now. You just bring that wholesome energy. It makes, I want to be part of that next time. Let's <laughs> get chaotic together. That sounds fun. Please. <laughs> we're just warming up. <laughs> you were listening to On Wednesdays We Wear Black. Please rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Special thanks goes out to the Nova Twins for the badass music and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week. <laughs>